This is Deep Down, and I'm your host, Jordan Hunt. I'm a composer, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist, and self-releasing artist. You might also know me as former violinist in the Irrepressibles, as the long-standing musical companion to Grammy-nominated Olivia Cheney, or as a musical and associate director of the Theo Adams Company. I delve deep as we explore the creative process and life through the lens of a musician, unraveling universal ideas and enigmas through some of my songs and lyrics, and through some of the profound moments that have shaped me. Join me deep down as we embark on this journey together in search of answers to the elusive question, what do you really feel deep down? In this episode of Deep Down, I ask myself, what if this were fun? As I face an unusually busy spell, and anxiety creeps into the back of my head, I am remembering recent joy and wondering how to find that space and lightness, and realising, through some unpicking and deep thought and curiosity, can we navigate our way to the brighter end of the spectrum without overthinking and choosing the silly option? Welcome listeners. Today, tired, run down, a little burned out, and too serious for my own good, I ask, woe is me, why am I like this? Where fun is not my default option. Why am I such a serious soul? And what traumas <laughs> made me this way? I'm not going to talk about too many traumas, don't worry. But what if this were fun? It's not like I didn't have fun growing up and I'd play Lego alone for hours very happily and my mum taught me to do cartwheels on the beach and I used to love my weekly classical music magazine delivery which came with a free CD which prompted a love affair with Tchaikovsky and Debussy and I do remember hours of silliness and laughter building forts and having paperball fights with my sister but for some reason... I feel like I've actually had to relearn how to have fun over and over again in my adult life as though I'm starting from scratch on a time loop. And for some reason, it doesn't always feel like my default setting of robo jords, which is something I've discussed with my many, many therapists. <laughs> so some context. If you know me or my work or you've heard one of these other podcast episodes, you might get the impression that I am a pretty serious soul and you wouldn't be wrong. But behind the scenes of this podcast, I think I'm also a very happy soul. I can be a good friend and great listener, in my humble opinion. And despite my work having a tinge of melancholy, I'm actually quite silly. I've pretty much unraveled the reasons behind the serious nature of my work and the need to be taken seriously in lots and lots and lots of therapy. And I've arrived at a wonderful place of contentment. But this week, I find myself overwhelmingly busy and I'm not sure if that's just because I just didn't say no to some things when I ought to have done or if it's just a coincidence that suddenly everything is kicking off at the same time but I'm reminded of this former version of myself that almost wore busyness as a badge of honour and it's interesting now to have this perspective I can notice the difference that actually this busy state is now not my normal de facto way of being and it's actually rather a blip on the timeline which is good. And so I ask myself, how do I navigate this current busy patch? Because one of the huge downsides of being quite so busy is that it prevents me 
from feeling like I'm not present in the moment. And if I'm not able to be in the moment, then I find it trickier to access the inherent lightness and fun of the situation because my mind is working at a million miles per hour, already thinking about the next three things I have to do to be able to tick everything off my list or everything I have to do in my schedule. And there's this idea that if you're very busy, then that's probably the most important time for you to stop and take a break. This idea of, oh, I'm too busy to meditate or have a rest or take a break or do something fun means that you definitely should take a break or meditate or do something fun. <laughs> and so we end up at the title of this week's podcast, What If This Were Fun? How do I navigate this busy patch of time without slipping back into old habits of overthinking and worrying and taking everything just an inch too seriously? Because at the end of the day, nothing really matters. And that might seem a little nihilistic, but for me, it can be rather a liberating thought. Because when nothing matters, why not at least make it fun? <laughs> so this busy period in this podcast episode is, I guess, an experiment in lightness inspired by some of my closest friends and people I look up to highly, who somehow, through a gift of personality and circumstance, always seem to choose joy first and always manage to see the fun potential of otherwise irksome tasks and situations. I have to say, I'm very proud that I now have at least a modicum of self-awareness to even spot that I might be slipping into old habits because before therapy and before meeting my fantastically uplifting friends, my default response to most situations would have been pretty serious as though that's where I found my value. That's not to say I'm not incredibly proud of my capacity and ability to go deep. I mean, that's the reason behind this whole podcast series in the first place, deep down. And I'm very proud that it's a trait that comes quite naturally to me, and I also really enjoy it. I mean, even just saying that out loud makes me realise that not all seriousness has to be dark and brooding. One can approach serious or deep thought with an air of lightness and curiosity. And of course, without the dark the light wouldn't shine so brightly. You know, there's something about the branding of oneself as an artist of melancholy music, or sad boy pop, as I used to call it, that means that one tends to slip into this identity as though it were fact, when of course really all it is is a presentation to the world in order that one's output or product, to use that horrible term, is more easily digestible by the right audience at the right time in the right context to make a living, you know. But behind the scenes, my life is far more rich and varied than what my output might suggest. Hopefully this podcast series is writing the balance and actually what a fantastic time to plug my other episodes. Go and check them out, please. They're very much in this vein of sort of a deep, light, philosophical rambling. <laughs> As I mentioned, I'm very lucky to have some very fun and jolly people in my life. And I think that's in part due to the fact that I'm drawn to that energy. And for whatever reason, likewise, they seem to see a lightness in me that they're also drawn to. You know, otherwise we wouldn't be friends. And so if I look in the mirror of who my friends are to fully see myself, perhaps that shows me just how light I can be. Either way, I feel very valued. Speaking of funny people, side note, I once actually dated a stand-up comic for half a year or so, and after we parted, he opted not to stay in touch, but that's probably because I was naturally funnier than him. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of jolly people, 
I'm also reminded of my dear friend, the incredible musician Baby D, who years ago I was lucky to tour with as an accompanist and we got to spend time together, both on and off stage. And being in Dee's presence was and is an experience. Her music is transcendentally profound and goes to deep, dark places and is very moving and sometimes very light and strange. And then in between the songs on her set list, her little chats would have you laughing out loud and crying with laughter. She wrote to me recently, on more than one occasion, giving her incredibly complimentary views on this podcast series, which is incredibly humbling, especially out of the blue. But all the more so because I try to embrace this full spectrum of emotions that she manages to take the listener on in her own music and chats between songs. I'll probably do a deep dive episode one day on one of her songs that I covered on the day I died, which is as wonderfully surreal as it sounds, so look out for that. She talks about her mother and father in this dreamlike state, which really helps me view the connection to my own parents with an equally surreal lens, which is very useful when you are a bit in the weeds about it. What's really funny is that until recently, I didn't have a huge amount of contact with my own dad. That's not to say that he's not supportive. He really is. But I guess he just didn't get the day-to-day breakdown of how my life was panning out, nor did he get an impression of the day-to-day contentment that I'm grateful for. I think actually, he probably saw more of me in this sort of advertised, marketed format and social media, presenting my work in a serious fashion than he did the odd five-minute chat here or there to actually catch up with me and hear that all is fine and dandy. And he really is what you might call a walking dad joke. He's a real joker, especially in his advanced years. But sometimes when we chat, rather than going along with his joke, I'm often left feeling, why aren't you more serious or why aren't you taking me more seriously? And that's probably for another episode of Therapy with George's. But now we're finally developing what you might call a relationship. And whenever I get the chance to see him or talk on the phone, in a very caring and paternal way, he sometimes says something along the lines of, No, Spud, which is his nickname for me. You know, what the world needs from you is some happy music. I know you've had some sadness in your life, and that is represented in your music. But what people love is a bit of joy. And I'd laugh at myself because I would think, oh gosh, it would just take so long to try and explain to you what I'm doing with my life and the fact that really I'm not unhappy. It just happens that most of my work until now has been on the melancholic end of the spectrum. I find it quite easy and enjoyable to go there as an expressive tool. And actually, if I were to make light, happy pop music... Um, it would feel a little inauthentic, not because I'm not happy, but because I don't think that end of the spectrum or those emotions are what drive me to make music in the first place. And the conversation in my head is, Dad, it's just not the point of me. People need angst and people need despair and they need to feel seen and I am their willing mirror. But then, to be honest, I think I would actually write an amazing musical, well, a Disney musical, at least, And then I remember once upon a time, I actually did write a comic operetta with my friend Lauren John Joseph, the librettist writer, called Golden Years. 
subtitled The Upper Clapton Light Operatic Society Summer Review of Operatic Hits. And we performed it, and it was very silly and very wonderful. But I am an expert in being morose and taking myself deadly seriously. I guess what you might call sincerity, both of which are widely discouraged growing up in the north of England, which leaves me somewhat two-brained. And I guess I have a natural affinity for all things melancholic. I mean, I saw Lars Tearson's Melancholia at the cinema twice, though that was mainly to hear the incredible overture to Wagner's Tristan and Isolde at the opening scenes again, which is amazing on loudspeakers. But I remember longing for that pang of woe once more. And so many people do happy much better than I do. And I really like to have the sense that anything that I make is essential in the world. And that only I could have made it, which is probably why I dig a bit deeper for the subject matter for most of my songs. I'm talking of going deeper, deep down like this podcast, <laughs> and linking back to the paradox of busyness that I mentioned earlier, that the busier you are, the more you probably need the break, even though you don't have time for the break. There's this realisation that actually I was probably putting off making this episode this week because I didn't really have time for it. And I wasn't naturally looking forward to it like I usually do because I probably just needed to take a nap instead. When I stop and think about all the things I'm doing this week, teaching every day and working on this new live TV project and starting working with the London Symphony Orchestra on a new project, it's all wonderful and exciting stuff, but it's a lot. And none of it is really mine. And actually the only corner I have for myself this week is this podcast. So I'm super grateful to have this space that I've preemptively carved out for myself. And I'm also grateful to my sometimes annoying personality trait that once I've started something, I can't quit very easily. So there's no way I'm missing a week, you know, unless I've already advertised it. So here I am. I've cornered myself into recording something this week and it's for no one else other than myself that I'm doing it. I realise that this is a little like my own therapy session, speaking into the void and getting my thoughts in order and trying to go a little deeper down. And although it's a solitary affair, it's actually quite fun and it, it's really necessary for me. I think before I started recording today, I couldn't quite see how this would be fun because of everything else I have to do later on, all of the tasks undone and all of the hours not yet taught. But this is great practice. I'm trying to remind myself to just go, just start, just get on with it. Don't overthink, don't worry. Let it breathe and allow it to be fun. It's not about forcing something to be fun because that's not appropriate for every situation, but rather allowing it to have its own life and for it to energize me and all the other perhaps more officious tasks that I have to complete. I was going to say mundane tasks, but I think we're quite good at weeding those out these days. So why am I like this? <laughs> Where I'm from up north, there's a strong emphasis on being able to take the mickey out of yourself, as they say, which is making fun of yourself for American English speakers. And you're also not allowed to take yourself too seriously or be too sincere or ambitious or clever or stupid. <laughs> John Lennon actually wrote a fantastic song about this phenomenon called Working Class Hero, which you should check out if you're unfamiliar. Things are evolving for sure, but I certainly recognise some legacy of this from my upbringing, despite the unconditional love I received. And I think my nature is obviously quite quiet and introspective and thoughtful and serious. 
And so growing up, I did not go down so well. <laughs> and I think I was conditioned to be like this, which is probably why I then spent my early adulthood, once I was free of the North, trying to get serious in my music, because I'd never been truly understood, I don't think. And now I've probably started to get that conditioning out of my system. And these days, I'd much rather watch a Disney film than Melancholia, because I'm embracing joy and silliness and, you know, the limits of time. And then I go deeper into my brain archives and acknowledge my memory is terrible. Maybe I just wasn't choosing fun, because my life wasn't always that fun the past few years, and with trying to make a subsistence as a struggling musician, and if I think further back, tragically losing my partner a decade ago, and um, supporting depressed family members and friends, etc. I think I definitely was leaning more to the serious side. Like when I had a choice, I chose sad and leaned into it. But I guess that's what I needed to do at the time. I do love it there in those deep, dark, cool waters. And I mentioned the idea for the title of this episode to my partner, my current partner of six years, who's wonderful. And he said, I mean, if it's not fun, what's the point? <laughs> and I almost agreed with him. You know, what is the point if it's not fun? But I do love or appreciate, shall we say, all the emotional colours of the spectrum. So I'm being kind to myself and I'm not trying to rewrite my history because what happened happened and I coped in the best way I knew how. And I have some music to share with you all now and perhaps now I know how, but better or more fun at least. But I need to practice fun. It's weirdly not easy or automatic, a bit like doing your scales every day. So I want to try and ask myself, maybe try asking yourself, what if this were fun? If I'm faced with something dull or worrying or anxiety-inducing, what would this look like if it were fun? And try that version. <laughs> I'm going to try that version for sure. I feel like this is a wonderfully indulgent ramble today, and I'm smiling to myself. And now, whenever I get a peek of this natural inner smile just poking its head to say hi, I think to myself how lucky I am to have finally found it again, because I'm convinced it was there all along. And then I start welling up with emotion on the verge of tears, like happy sad, which is weird, because I'm so full of happiness and poignant sadness at the same time, and realise maybe it's all just a big circle of emotions that goes round and round and round on loop, like the circle of fifths in music. Like you think, oh, I'm in C sharp major and all the notes are sharp, ew. I'm never going to make it back to C major safely. But actually, C sharp major is just D flat major from a different perspective, and if you keep going, you'll be back at C major in no time. But it's totally possible if you just modulate a few times or just jump there for fun. I think only music geeks will get that bit. But trust me, it's a beautiful analogy. Deep down, I love all of the emotions, especially the sad ones. And I'm going to try and spend a bit more time at the happy end of the spectrum now, I think. So ask yourself, what if this were more fun? That's how I'm going to navigate my day. I hope you have a wonderful day too. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow and review this podcast. And if you like it, share it with your friends or on social media. You can find me on all social platforms by searching at Jordan Hunt Music. And you can listen to my music on all good streaming services. 
Deep Down uses bits of my music nabbed from my songs Ocean Floor and Peter. Check out the show notes on jordan-hunt.com for exclusive tidbits from this podcast. I'd really love to hear from you via DM or email via my website if any of these experiences resonated with you and if you have questions, suggestions or requests for future episodes. Thank you so much for listening. 